headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, it's The Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. Jade Washaw, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. Open phones here at 888-825-5225 as we talk about you right in front of you. Wayne starts off this hour in Canada. Hi, Wayne. How are you? I'm doing great, Dave. Thank you for taking my call. How are you doing today? Better than I deserve. What's up? Oh, Dave. I'm a little bit nervous here, but we're going to get it out. Anyways, um, we had purchased... Uh, Two vacant, well, actually, one vacant lot. Um, again, just a vacant lot, lake side, beautiful property. Um, I ended up subdividing it, uh, putting it, splitting it, putting it in the market. It's going to come on two years, probably October, end of this month, sorry, uh, not quite two years. And again, we've had a little bit of an issue with that property being on the East Coast, of course. We've had a hurricane, then we had a fire, then we had another hurricane. And we have interest rates, and uh, we're struggling. Nothing's moving, of course, in the market there, and then where I am, too, also, as well. Um, we do have a loan on that property, and, um, again, we're just paying the interest only on it. And I just, again, I we have an appointment with our accountant, but our accountant isn't a real estate person, and then our real estate person isn't a money person like yourself, Dave. So I would just like some advice on that. Um, I could give you uh, kind of a rundown of what we have. Wayne, you're in the perfect place. I'm an expert on my opinion. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. So uh, what's the, uh, what, how many lots did you end up with subdivided? Uh, One lot was 5.2 acres and the other one is 7.2 acres. So two lots. So you bought a 12 acre track to split it. That's right. Okay. And um, what are you asking for the lots? So the one lot we plan on keeping, the other lot we are asking nine fifty nine for it. Are you keeping the larger one or the smaller one? We're keeping the larger one. Well, I would. All right, and the it's a lake lot after all, and so and you got enough buffer there to keep the neighbors off of you. Life's good. Mm-hmm. So, uh, not what do you owe on it? Uh, Seven hundred. Okay. And uh, do you have 700000 in cash and investments? Yes, I can give you a rundown if you'd like. Yes, please. So combined, my wife and I, we have $2.2 million in investments. We have uh, 700000 and two other vacant properties that are in our hometown. We have uh, a mortgage of five hundred k on our uh, primary residence, which is worth one point two. And we have no debt. We both have our emergency funds. What's your household income? Um, combined household income would be about four twenty-five. Oh, cool! And That's how old awesome. are you two? Um, I'm fifty-nine and a half, and my wife is turning forty-seven. Well, you guys are amazing. Well done. I mean, you're you're worth three plus million dollars. Congratulations. Uh, approaching four million dollar net worth well done at 59 years old ding ding a score you're you're not bankrupt you make four hundred twenty-five thousand a year you can survive this mm-hmm. so this is a philosophical money discussion almost meaning that you have enough money that you really can't screw this up either way you follow me correct i mean you can ride it out and sit on it and pay the interest and someday it'll sell 
or you could cash out enough to pay off your house and pay off the lot, be 100% debt-free, and be $1.2 million less in investments. But now you've transferred your investments into your personal residence and into some lake lots, and that way you're not a motivated seller anymore because you almost sound like you're emotionally motivated. And I want let me tell you, there's only one time you make money in real estate, and that's when you sell it. Correct. So when you sell it, you cannot be a motivated seller. And sometimes you can be motivated by finances, but other times you can be motivated by disgust, like three hurricanes of fire and interest rates. Hmm. Correct. Like crap. My plan to clear this lot by splitting this off and selling the other one was such a good plan. Crap. That's a, that's a motivated seller. You follow me? Yes. Am I wrong? Nope. Okay. I, um, I think the way you make money in real estate is you chill. And the best way to chill is just reach over and pay that sucker off. And while I'm at it, I'm going to go ahead and pay my house off. Was the plan, Wayne, for you to sell those two vacant properties to grab the 700000 so you can buy the, the attractive land that you want to keep? No, when he sells off the other lot, um, it sells for 900 Yeah. And it's going to pay off the 700 He's going to clear the first lot. But he's also got yes. two then other vacant properties. he's got the other properties. two tracks. They're just an independent issue. You could sell those if you want to. That would care. that yeah. would get him it's not a, it's to not where a big, he wants you might to rather go. Have, I mean, are they are they going up in value? Why are you holding those? Um, one's right to, next door to our primary residence, and I was just gonna, we're just going to give that to our young son later on. Or again, that was just going to be just that's a buffer, whatever. Yeah, that's a keeper. Just okay, a what's the other one? Yeah, the other one is it's going up in value because it overlooks the city and okay. the lake, and another big lake too. So, and then um, part of that question was. Um, would you rather have that, or would you rather be, and or would you rather just have less, less liquid cash? Because I just use one point two of your two point two. I think, I think, I think I just wanted to hear you say what you said, and I'm just going to ride this thing, um, yeah. ride it out. Because so far to date, uh, we spent seventy two thousand in uh, interest, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And if we're getting nine fifty. We're still ahead of the game. Yeah, um, you know, the was, best was, time to sell something is when you don't want to or need to because mm-hmm. you get the right. most for it. I mean, you got to have walkaway power. I'm at a minimum liquidating enough to pay that lot off. The okay. 2.2 in investments, is that retirement investments or is some of it non-retirement? He's 59 and a half. Uh, oh, I missed that yeah. part. Well, there you go. Yeah. So... Okay. Yeah, I, I might, you, you shouldn't have any penalty. I mean, it's Canada. It's different. But you don't have any penalties in Canada at 59 and a half either, do you? No, that's right. No, you're correct. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah. And you've got lots. I mean, you've got options. You've really just got to look and see yeah. what you, makes the most sense for you. You can afford to hold it. What would I do if I woke up in your shoes? I'd pay my house off and the lot off tomorrow. Yeah. And I'd have only a million dollars left in investments. Oh, darn. Only a million. Did you hear how I said that? <laughs> Only a million dollars left, but I have not a payment in the world. And the lot that's overlooking the city also goes up for sale. Probably if I'm you and I'm probably not going to, I'd probably rather have the liquid than have that. But, uh, but I'm getting rid of all the debt and that just chills you. Mm-hmm. And then some goober comes along and says, okay, you're asking nine ninety five, but the market's slow in hurricanes and interest rates. And so I'm going to offer you seven fifty, which pays off your loan, which mm. they can look up at the courthouse and tell what your loan is. So, which is exactly what I would do where I buying the lot from you <laughs> in a down market. I try to buy it for what you owe and get, just let you out of the trap to heck with the cheese. Um, <laughs> 
But Dave. instead, <laughs> instead, there's no there's no trap. We just got rid of the trap. That's great. I love that. Great and strategy. So um, then you go. No, we're not going to take seven fifty. I'll just wait. And I did that not long ago. And as soon as you call someone's bluff, the price goes up. There you go. This is the Ramsey Show. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Hey, it's Dr. John Deloney, and one of the most common questions I get is how to get something off your chest. A deep secret you've never told anyone, or maybe something that happened to you, something you've done that you're worried about because bringing it to light will disrupt your life, anything. I say this all the time, secrets will kill you, but it's hard to know where to start when it comes to talking about scary, dark things. Therapy can be a safe, effective place to get things off your chest, to learn how to say hard things out loud, and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. I've personally been blessed to have a great therapist who helps me get those heavy things off my chest. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's flexible because it's online, so you can suit it to fit your schedule. Just fill out a short questionnaire, you get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no extra cost. It's time to get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Deloney today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Deloney. Jade Washall, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host today. Sam's in Austin, Texas. Hi, Sam. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. How y'all doing? Better than I deserve. How can we help? Well, um, you know, I'm calling because, you know, I've... Uh, over the years, we, or in the last couple of years, we bought a house. Things seemed to be going okay, and then we ended up getting kind of taxed on the actual build of the house, and that just kind of started a slippery slope where we started having to pay more than what our mortgage originally was, and we ended up relying on a lot of credit cards, and it got really bad. And right now, we're in, I'm, I'm especially in collections for a lot of cards, and my wife has a few. She was sued. I've got a case coming as well. And I, I just don't really know where to turn or how to turn this around. It almost seems kind of hopeless. Mm. Sorry, Sam. How much credit card debt do you, is, is there total? Uh, probably around probably fifteen to 16000 And how much income do you guys bring in every month? Uh, every month, um, about... Six thousand. Mm-hmm. How much is your house payment? Twenty one hundred. Okay. How much are your car payments? And, and, and we only have one car payment, and it's two fifty. And as far as like the the, the mortgage, it's uh, when we were being taxed on the improvement after about a year of uh, having a lower payment, it was about twenty seven hundred. And now we're down to I finally paid off the um, the uh, overage on the escrow, and. Um, now, you know, the 2100 is about normal. Okay. All right. And what do you guys do for a living? Uh, I'm in technical support, and she works uh, in a dental office. Okay. Your mortgage is high. Your car payment, is all car payments are bad. This one's not super bad. Yeah. Um, the credit cards are, uh, I, the way you were talking, I thought you were going to tell me you had 100000 in credit card debt. Um, the me weight, too. The weight that you're emotionally carrying, listening to your voice. Um, yeah. I think I'm pleasantly mo- surprised it's only 15. Me too. Yeah. I think the mortgage being a third of your take home is really what's. And it was higher than that for a while. But it, even that 
Where where else do you, are you guys just disorganized and you were living in panic and money just flying out of there and you had no idea where it was going? That's a, that's a pretty good way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because I mean, your numbers aren't as as bad as the they don't indicate you should even be behind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and 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 I agree with you there because when I you know when I sit there and kind of add up numbers and you know look at it that way, I, I look at it. and I'm like, okay, this is how mad, many kids but, have you got? We have five total. Oh, and how old are they? Uh, they range from teenagers down to seven. Okay. How many are in daycare? None. They're all in school. Yeah. Okay. Well, you and you know. uh, well, our oldest she works, and um, but you know she she just graduated high school. Yeah. But um, and and the the main thing is is that you know I think what. Okay. How how many credit cards written, are you behind on? Uh. Probably, I would say, it's a pretty good number. Probably about 8 to 10. Mm. So there's a whole bunch of little ones. Yeah, yeah. And you're behind on almost all of them. Uh, I've got four myself that I... Okay, so that you said two have, gone, two have gone to collections? No, they're pretty much all in collections, but I have four that I've made a payment arrangements with, but two of them um, have filed lawsuits. Yeah, you said they your wife got sued on one of them, right? Filed yeah, lawsuits. yeah. yeah. Oh, that's cute. On how much? Uh, hers is uh, a little bit over 3000 Yeah, and the same for mine. Oh, man. Okay. The, the, let me just tell you, you live in Texas. Am I got that right? Is that the truth? That's correct. Okay. <laughs> well, their lawsuit's useless. They can't garnish you wages or take a lien on a house in Texas. Right, right. So but it's just hanging, their like lawsuit's taking, hanging out there in the ether. Accounts. It's just dangling out there in the nothingness. It has, there's nothing they can do about it. Because uh, with hers, we hired a lawyer. And Why? And they're working on the case. Yeah. Why? It was, a, it was the fear thing at the time. That's I the, know. It, that's the thing, Sam. What you, like, looking at the numbers that you've given us, maybe there's more debt out there that you haven't mentioned, but I think yeah. that you're way more, what you're feeling is way more emotional than it is financial. It's like, oh my gosh, yeah. I've got 12 credit cards. They're suing us. You know, the kids are, it's like all these things going on and if you just stop for a moment, if we really look at the numbers and look at the math, there's no reason that we can't list these from smallest to largest. Because like Dave said, most of them are probably lower balances because there's tons of them and they're only equaling up to fifteen to 16000 So my mm-hmm. guess is that if you can just kind of pull all of this out of space, get it down on paper, like I said, list them smallest to largest, figure out what it looks like for you guys to get an extra one to $2,000 in every month, and you're knocking them out like dominoes. How You're going to feel many, so much better. How many cars do you own? Um, we we have two that we use for getting the kids around. Um, our oldest son has his own that he uses for school. And 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 you bought it for him? Uh, it was uh, he's a stepson, and his dad gave it to him as a gift. Okay, all right. Yeah, it's just a little truck. Okay, I'm just trying to find out what's going on here. All right. So, yeah. what did this lawyer tell you he could do that the law has they not already done for you in Texas? Yeah, they, they basically said that, uh, no, no, they just basically said that they could either get the case dismissed or work out some type of uh, lower settlement. Yeah. Essentially, that's all they offered. Okay. Well, the case is not going to get dismissed. You owe the money you lost. Mm-hmm. Right. You owe the money, you didn't pay it. You lose. Ding. Okay. Now, then can we settle it for less? Well, sure. It's 3000 bucks. They can't collect it in Texas. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. of course, you can settle and, it for less. Um, no, and you can do that with, all, you can do that with all of these, by the way. And next time, don't use a lawyer. What did you pay the lawyer? A 750 Okay. I sure hope he gets 750 off the balance, at mm-hmm. least earns his keep. 
I don't, I don't know how he yeah. took your money in good conscience, but um, uh, all right. Now, the, the main thing I, I worry about is like, because uh, I've heard that, you know, I understand they can't charge my wages, but they could like take it from my bank account. Not unless you give them the, not unless you give them access to your bank account. Well, well, I no, mean, they can, they can, like they can take a lien oh, on it. They, yeah. they can take a lien on it in Texas. That's true. Well, don't keep if you got a bunch of money in your bank account. I guess we pay the bills, huh? Yeah, I mean, I, I really don't at the time, but at, you know, at the current moment. But you know, working yeah. on this here and building up, you know, that. No, I'm just I saying. Do. I'm just saying the if if there's ten thousand dollars in your bank account, you wouldn't have called me. Yeah. So you don't have any sure. money in your bank account, so it's not a big fear. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So anyway. What we've got to do is A, get organized and get a very detailed plan, and B, let's prioritize. First thing is house is paid, or, or food, then house, then lights and water, then car. Are you behind on the car? No. No. Okay, good. Stay current on the car. Go to work. And we're going to get you on an every dollar budget with Jade and put you in one of her webinars. When's your next webinar? Oh, gosh. It's not till November. I okay, don't know that then, we have an exact right, we'll get, we'll date get for you, mine. We'll get you plugged into an every dollar webinar so you can learn how to do a budget with your wife. And okay. uh, we'll put you into Financial Peace University because basically what we're going to do is we're going to take care of food, shelter, clothing, transportation, and utilities first. You've got the money to do that. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to force rank these things and work them through and lump some settlement, all of them, each smallest to largest. I'm not paying payments on them anymore. I'm going to lump some settlement. You're behind. Uh, the lawsuit is got no teeth where you live. Okay. Okay. So just argue with them and say, I'm broke. I owe you $3,000. Uh, you say it's 5,000 after you added a bunch of fees. Mm-hmm. Um, I have 2000. If you'll take that and give me that in writing, that that's a settlement in full. Remember that phrase and no electronic access to your checking account. As Jade said, they will never know where your checking account is. But um, settlement in full, in, in writing, writing, and then I'll send you $2,000. Oh, you won't do that? Did you know there's nine other credit cards that will? Mm-hmm. One of them's going to take the money. I got you on the phone. Last chance. Going once, going twice. I'm going to the next card. Okay, second card. Here's what we're going to do. I just hung up on the other guy because he's an idiot. Let's see if you are. All right, and we're going to settle this. Going once and going twice. That's right. And you're going to work your way through this, and then you cycle back through after you finally get one to take the money. Then you pile up a little more money, and you start the whole process again. Remember last time I called you when you didn't take the deal you sure you don't want to take it because i'm here with another deal and i'm getting ready to go on to the second one going once going twice and this is how you deal with these people because credit card collectors are scum you can tell they're lying if their mouth is moving so beat the snot out of them and get this cleaned up that's what you do this is the ramsey show If current times have shown us anything, it's that the least expected events can and will happen, and we have to deal with it. That's why everyone who has a family counting on them needs term life insurance. For over 25 years, the only insurance company I've recommended is Xander Insurance. Not only because they search all of the top term life plans to find you the best rates, But over the years, they have constantly changed and updated their systems to make the whole process simpler and easier to get the protection needed. You can now apply with a completely touchless experience with everything being done either over the phone or the Internet. They also have plans with super competitive rates that don't require an exam, allowing you to skip a step and get the coverage you need faster. 
Go to Xander.com or call 800-356-4282. Great rates and a simple process mean there's no excuse to not get this done, people. Jade Washall, Ramsey Personality, open phones at 888-825-5225. Thank you for hanging out with us, America. Jade is my co-host today. And uh, we mentioned you're going to be doing the Every Dollar webinars with that last caller on budgeting. Your next one is not till November, you said. That's, but that's right. That's a couple, couple weeks away. Rachel Cruz is doing them. George Camel is doing them. Mm-hmm. If you want to go to a free Every Dollar budgeting because webinar, they're going to show you how to do this. Go to everydollar.com slash budgeting. Because, Jade, when you're um, – it sounded like with him, with those credit cards, he's got the money to pay them. He's just disorganized, and the budget is literally a way to get organized. Yeah, that's exactly it. When you don't have a plan for your money, it just feels like it's chaos. Money's going out. It's going in all directions. You don't know where it's going. But when you have the piece of a budget, you get to see how every dollar is being spent, and it helps you identify those problem areas. Well, 100% of the time that you put your income that you have for the month at the top mm-hmm. and you start deducting basic necessities out, you will feel like you've got a raise. Yeah, we see Because you're like, where is this money going? <laughs> and I can't, I don't know where it's been going. Well, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter where it's been going. All that matters now is that it starts going That's to where right. it should be going on purpose intentionally mm-hmm. you, you know too many people go ready aim 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 <laughs> aim, right. aim fire you got to pull the trigger and you got to you know you're going to hit what you aim at and if you aim at nothing you will hit it every time zig ziglar said that mm-hmm. and he's exactly right and so john maxwell says a budget is uh, people telling their money what to do instead of wondering where it went that's and that's again you feel like you got to raise you have a sense of control even if you can't pay everything You'd get a sense of peace because you know that you can pay the things you have to pay, like mm-hmm. food yes, and lights and water yeah, and house payments. Mm-hmm. And, oh, well, I got this one MasterCard I can't get to this month. Okay, then we got to sell something. We got to get an yeah. extra job. It starts to, uh, you start to solution almost immediately. Yeah, and you get, you get that sense of power over you making the choices instead of it just happening to you, right? And the other thing that happens is when you got that much financial stress with eight credit cards or nine credit cards and they're all behind and two of them are in lawsuits, Mm -hmm. that much financial stress in the house, 100% of the time, it takes an effect on your marriage. Oh, 100%. I can vouch for that. Me too. (laughs) All those in favor. (laughs) It was was this moment in our marriage that Sharon realized she had married Goober, not Sir Galahad. So uh, there we go. She realized I screwed up. I picked poorly. Oh man, that's what that's what she had decided at this point. But yeah, I mean, it it, it 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 takes away your self confidence. It uh, puts terror in the relationship. Oh yeah, it's, it, there's nothing good about being out of control. No, nothing good. And you know, I could hear in that last caller in his voice, and I heard, what I heard in his voice was a, a a sound I'd heard in Sam's voice. Yeah, I heard it in mine. I, I you know, it's like a little. Is this like um, this uncertainty, fear, a little fear mm-hmm. creeping into the uncertainty? And it's there's like, that guilt, you know. It's like I, so. I went and got a lawyer, and the lawyer mm-hmm. said, "Oh, I'll take your money." I mean, oh man, you know, asking a you know, I, I was really surprised he didn't say file bankruptcy because asking a bankruptcy attorney if you're bankrupt is like asking a dog if it's hungry. Yeah, 
I mean, you know, it's like, oh, yes, of course you're bankrupt. You came here, didn't you? You know, that's good to mention, Dave, because people get scared when credit card companies say, I'm going to sue you and we're filing a lawsuit. And your your first thought is, well, I better lawyer lawyer up, too. But you do owe them the money. Like this is a movie. Yeah. This is not a movie. Yeah. You are not on trial. Mm -hmm. The fact that you didn't pay a credit card is on trial. And let me tell you, folks, here's what happens, okay? You ought to actually, you've probably never done this. Have you ever gotten a speeding ticket? I have gotten one speeding ticket. Did you go to traffic court? I did go to, tra- and it meant nothing. <laughs> I and had to pay the you ticket. Still, uh, they still charge you anyway. <laughs> but traffic court is a little bit like um, a joke. Yeah. I mean, you go in, and the judge goes, okay, uh, you 17 people that came in here that are here that this is your first offense, uh, go to school or we'll just waive it or whatever. Mm-hmm, they do, mm-hmm. okay? And it's like, and you're all geared up like you've got your arguments in your oh, head. Yeah. And it was foggy and the officer <laughs> I forgot my glasses, I smelled your alcohol on his breath. And you have all these things in your head, right, that you're going to say. And the judge is like yawns and goes, dismiss, 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 dismiss. And it's, it's, it's anticlimactic. Well, why did I have to pay mine? Why? I don't know. I, that, that's a personal problem but um let but me the, get on uh, the dismissal list i, I, I don't know I, I have i have my theories but i'm not going to bring it up it could be that you were driving 200 miles an hour but no, um, no dave but not that. me not me but the uh sam sam's going to tell me the truth later but the um seriously though when you go to small claims court or a small claim even if it's not technically called small claims court and you go in and the attorney is suing you for $3,000 on a credit card. Here's what happens, folks. The attorney shows up with a two-wheeler. He's got so many files. Mm. And there's like a thousand, Mm. literally, cases on that judge's docket this morning. And the judge is going to go, bump, on all of them, except the three people that show up. Mm. And the judge is going to go, you guys go out in the hall with the attorney and cut a deal. Interesting. It's, It's so lame and anticlimactic Mm -hmm. because here's the deal if you owe someone money and you have signed a contract like a credit card agreement to pay them money and you didn't pay them money there's only one possible result of the lawsuit you lose the lawsuit because you didn't pay them yeah you're in violation i mean showing up and going i tried uh, i tried your honor is not a defense i lost my job your honor is not a defense i got cancer it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. you didn't pay the bill Pay the bill, didn't pay the bill. That's all that matters. Mm-hmm. If you got you proof you it. paid it, that'd be the only time. And that's they, right. And they've, got, they've done the accounting wrong or mm-hmm. something. That'd be the only time you could possibly win the lawsuit. But if you haven't paid the bill, you lose. That's right. Now, then what happens? Nothing. Yeah, the only consolation is you can settle for Then you go less. back. Now you settle the lawsuit instead yeah. of settling the credit card debt. Mm-hmm. Whoopee. It's, it's such a... The, we get this emotion built up because the collector's like, we are going. They play music in the background. Boom, boom, boom. Everything's in we big, We are bold going red to sue you. And you're going, no, please. Mm-hmm. Anything. Don't sue me, please. Anything. I'll do anything. Yeah. And that, that's exactly what they want. That is true. It's all emotional. We think Perry Mason is about to come in there and Perry prosecute. Perry Mason. <laughs> you were watching reruns as a kid. Wow. I, I would have at least gone Matlock. That's two oh, yeah, decades Matt. later. There you go, Matlock. I'll, I'll take Matlock's, that one. But both of them are dead, I'll just say it. But, oh, my gosh. Oh, it's, a modern, it's not a modern-day lawyer thing, is there? Oh, yeah. No. There, yeah, there's got to be like, like uh, law and justice. L.A. Yeah. Law. L.A. Law. There you go. No, that, well, that's but those, pretty those cool, guys too. characters themselves. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. So, anyway. <laughs> the uh, Yeah. There's nothing like that going on. This is not a courtroom drama. Right. It's a factory that produces lawsuits very efficiently. Pump. You're done. 
<laughs> just like that. Just they stamped out another widget and you yeah. be it. So just chill about the lawsuit. It's not, I don't want you to get sued. You don't want to get sued. But if I can't settle it and they're going to take me to, no, don't worry about it. Just keep working it. If you pay them money, they're going to go away. That's right. Until you pay them money, they're not going to go away. You owe them money. That's how this Mm -hmm. works. But they don't like to settle. You do have, like, before you even get to all this, you have to call so many times to get them to take your to get them to take your deal. Yeah, let me right? let me let me let me rephrase that. They love to settle. They don't like to settle easily. There you go. That's even they better. They want to milk as much out of the deal as they, they can do. milk cuz they finally found a cow. Mm-hmm. Cuz usually they can't even find the cow. It's just loose. It's running around in the country somewhere. <laughs> they can't find the cow. But if you show up and they go, "Oh, I got a cow. I'm yeah. going to milk this as far as oh, I can." Man. That's what they're doing. So, uh th- yeah, they love to settle cuz they bought these debts usually pennies on the dollar if they're a debt buyer mm-hmm. on old bad debts mm-hmm. and uh they probably got five they probably got a nickel on the dollar in it so on yeah, three thousand bucks they probably got 150 dollars in it that's what they paid for the debt Oof. so will they settle that do they, they want do they like to settle oh yeah it's their whole thing because you think about all the cows that got loose we just got one we're going to mm-hmm. milk it maybe we can get a grand out of this three grand mm-hmm. and it'll pay for 10 of the other cards that i can't even find the cow it just disappeared because I got one that showed up here. So they'll work with you, folks. You just got to get up in their facing. But you've got to get organized. You've got to get on a budget. You have to buy your food for your children first. Mm-hmm. Your lights and water and your shelter second and third before you do anything else. Don't talk to me about I settled a credit card and now we don't have any food. Right. No, 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 no. MasterCard, not that important. they not the master. they just the card. That's it. No, you work it. You work it. You work it. It's a system. It's a process. For them, it's all business. For you, it's all emotions. Get the emotion out of it when you lay it out on a plan. Use the EveryDollar app and get your crap together and get this mess cleaned up. So here's a quick math refresher. There are only 24 hours in a day, so your business needs to streamline tasks that are time suckers and focus on activities that make money. So to reduce headaches as they scale, smart businesses use NetSuite by Oracle, the number one cloud financial system. NetSuite helps you improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform. So join the more than 37,000 smart businesses like Ramsey Solutions that have done the math and graduated to NetSuite. And right now, you can download NetSuite's KPI checklist absolutely free at netsuite.com slash Ramsey. That's netsuite.com slash Ramsey. Jade Walshaw, Ramsey Personalities, my co-host today. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Ryan's in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Hey, Ryan, how are you? Great, and yourself? Better than I deserve. What's up? Hi, so... uh me and my wife are on baby step six right now. And my dad's uncle recently approached us about buying a 40 acres up on our family land up north. And we're debating if it's worth going back to baby step two or not. So you're saying that you would go back into debt to get this land as opposed to pay off your current for home? A short, correct. For a short uh, period of time. How much is the land? Uh, 40000 $1,000 an acre. And where is it? How far away from you? An hour north of here. And you want it for what? Uh, we use it for hunting. I mean, our whole family, has, it's been in our family our whole life. So we got 300 acres up there that we family share. 
and this 40 acres is part of the 300? Correct. So what happens if you don't buy it? Um, that's a good question. I don't know. <laughs> we, I mean, does your uncle want to keep it? He wants to family. sell it to somebody else in the family, or he's going to hold it, right? Well, thing is, is he's tight for money, so he wants he wants the money. It's worth about two hundred and fifty to two hundred seventy five thousand. Is there anyone else in the Ooh, family? Wait a minute. The forty acres that is hunting land is worth two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Correct. This is not hunting land anymore. <laughs> not at that price. I mean, deer meat is not that big a deal, dude. This is expensive deer meat. I mean, you're paying like $80,000 <laughs> an ounce here. Wow. Well, you know, I mean, seriously, this, this is not hunting life. properties, cheap property, 250000 bucks. What I mean, this must have some proximity to a. This is not out in the country somewhere. This is close to town. Well, uh, that that's what it's worth. Like I said, we would be buying it for only forty. So, yeah, I'm I, something's wrong with this equation. Okay, either this is not hunting property that it is close to a metro area, or it's not worth that. Because mm -hmm. hunting land, you don't pay two hundred fifty thousand dollars for forty acres to hunt on. Well, up here it is. Well, you don't have the money to buy it right now. That's what I, let's go back to that. I would not go back to baby step two and I would not pull out another, Okay. pull out debt on this. Let's just pretend I could buy something that's worth 250 for 40 and I don't have the 40. I can't buy it. Let's just pretend that all of that is accurate. Okay. I can't buy something I don't have the money for. Now, uh, he wants the money now because he's hard up for money. Mm -hmm. So I guess another relative is going to do this deal. Uh, if you have something you can cash in or sell, uh, sell your truck. Yeah, you could do that. Get you a hoopty, get rid of your $30,000 truck, and then, you know, go, go a big garage sale, work six jobs and close on it and uh, by end of the end of the year and pay him cash. Okay, if you want to do that, that's fine. But I'm calling BS, okay? There's something wrong with this. I buy real, I bought real estate my whole life. I own several hundred million dollars worth of real estate. I've got a 250-acre farm in that mix, okay? And, dude, no way. <laughs> you, you don't buy stuff to hunt deer on for 250 grand. Yeah, Not crazy. even in Michigan. Not even in Wisconsin, wherever you are. Oh, my God. No, no, no. Unless you pay cash, I wouldn't do it. You do whatever you want to do, Ryan, but that's what we tell people. Mm -hmm. It's a toy and extra properties and second homes are toys. Yeah, pay cash. And you pay cash for them. And um, and even if it's a good deal, it's not a good deal if you can't afford it. Yeah. You know, the shirt is half off, but I got no money. It's not a bargain. Shirt's not half <laughs> That's off. That's right. That's didn't, right. Didn't get the shirt. It's the same deal. I mean, it's not a bargain when you can't afford it. So, um, and I, I just hear rationalization and yeah, nope. Don't believe it. Joe's in Youngstown, Ohio. Hey, Joe, what's up? Hey, Dave. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Um, I am about $130,000 in debt. Um, on what? And a lot of it is, uh, well, the majority is my truck and my wife's car. Which is how much each? Um, the truck is 40000 and the wife's car is at 15000 Okay. So you're the problem. Um, okay. <laughs> 
What else? Well, that is a lot of the fun. <laughs> so, so the, <laughs> Sorry, I went straight to it, but go ahead. It's only 30000 a year right now. You said 30000 What? Yes. Mm. Your income is thirty k. Yes. And whose income is that? Is that just one or, one or the other, or is that both of you combined? That's just me. Uh, my wife is a stay-at-home mom right now. How many kids? Three. Okay, what's, what's the rest of the 130000 Okay, so I own a home in uh, PA that I don't uh, that I don't live at. I have it on land contract, which was a mistake. You sold, sold it, it on land contract? contract, or you bought it yeah. on land contract? I sold it on land contract. Okay. So that one is still fifteen thousand on the mortgage and twenty twenty eight thousand on the line of credit. That was with that. Is the payment coming in enough to cover of- those two? Yes. Okay, that so is, that, that's, that's, that's the purpose that's of a land contract. All right. So right now that's a break even. It's not your issue. Okay? Right. And that's forty five of the one thirty. Mm-hmm. Right? Ninety. So there's uh, another forty. What's the other forty? a lot of it is I had a I was self employed for quite a few years and so I made some mistakes with uh some job estimations that I did. And so I own owe quite a few metal companies a lot of money for metal like there's and how long has it been since uh, you paid them uh it's been months okay is it companies or company so you got 40k in vendor debt yes there's actually 31,800 precisely in in building materials there's another 8,000 floating somewhere what is it um it is personal loans from uh small lenders and stuff for just what happened to your income because you used to make more i did um i quit my business because i was going through a struggle for a short period of time and i i decided that i'm just going to quit go for a job and it didn't work out so i started my i started a new company later um two years ago actually and i do right now i am self-employed i do uh, commercial roofing and it's just my i have been struggling more than i have ever struggled with a business so um, here's my thing. And until your business is making you enough money to float your lifestyle, it's really just a hobby or a side hustle. And mm-hmm. I commend you for starting that business, but it's not making enough money to to manage your household bills, obviously. So you've got to treat it like a side hustle. That's got to be something you're doing on the side and building while you have a full time job. What? How much? How long have you been doing that? The, the current business? Two years. Yeah. Yeah. Jade's right. I mean, that thing should have been pushed to the side as a side hustle uh, mm-hmm. about 18 months ago. Mm-hmm. Or uh, I, I do also, I also work with another uh, commercial roofing company that I work for like three, two to three, sometimes four days a week. I mean, that's great, but um, wouldn't, wouldn't, are you going to argue that 30000 is cutting, fitting the bill right now? Because it's not. No, absolutely not. <laughs> is the thirty from your business or the thirty is total of the two? That's, that's total of the two. Yeah, you're not making enough. Uh-huh. You used to make close to six figures, didn't you? I I have never made six figures. I mean, I think the, the most I ever made was what fifty thousand. Okay. I right. There's two. There's two glaring things in your math that are going on. Okay. And part of what we do here is we have the advantage of not being in the forest, so we can clearly see the trees. Mm-hmm. Okay. The glaring mm-hmm. things are you have two cars that you could never afford at any time in your life. They should never have been purchased. Both of them belong in the crazy column. Nuts. 
sell them both, get two $1,000 to $2,000 cars. And then the second glaring area is your income. Yeah. You've got to do some things to get your income up short-term and long-term. And I'd even be looking at the wife staying at home. I want to know how young those kids are because it might be that she can go out and get some work as well. Because you worked your tail end off. Yes. When you guys were getting out. Like crazy. Yeah. So, yeah, income is one side of the equation. And two cars in the cray-cray column is the other side of the equation. If you get those two things fixed, your life's going to shift very quickly in the good to the good side. That's right. This is The Ramsey Show. Live from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, it's The Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. Jade Washaw, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host today. The phone number, if you want to talk, is 888-825-5225. Nikki is starting this hour in Miami. Hi, Nikki. Welcome to The Ramsey Show. Thank you. Hello. Hi, how can we help? So I was calling to see if I, in your opinion, can afford or should I buy a $1.5 million house? Cool. I know it sounds like a lot. It's not a lot in my area. It's actually, I would even say a fixer-upper for 1.5, but it's in a great desired neighborhood for schools. Okay, cool. So I wanted your opinion if that's a move we should make at this point in our lives. Absolutely. <laughs> if you can afford if you, exactly. if you can afford it. Exactly. Yeah. And that's my question. Can I afford such a big purchase? So what's your household um, we're a income? Little complicated. Yes. Yeah, so it, that's the complicated part. So my husband and I we make two hundred and ninety thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. However, we do um have rental properties um as soon as we turned 25 instead of having a big old wedding we took our money and we bought our first investment property we paid it off moved on to the next one paid that one off and we've been building slowly but so two rental properties free and clear free and clear yeah we have four in total um we have one left to pay off out of the four can you tell me the first three can you tell me what they're worth of course. So the first one, um, we bought it for two hundred thousand, and now it is worth eight hundred thousand. Wow, good. What about the second one? Mm-hmm. And my rental, my cash, my net cash every month is close to two thousand dollars. Okay. After all expenses, um, my second property is paid off as well. Mm-hmm. Bought it for two hundred and fifty thousand. Now it's worth eight hundred thousand. Sweet. Way to go. What and about then, the third one? Yes, then the third one also paid off, and right now it's currently worth $350,000. And what do you owe on the one that's not paid off? Um, 330000 and that one is worth around 700000 Okay, and uh, is there any other debt that you have? Just our cars. Um, we owe f- between both of us $46,000 in cars. They're fairly new. We ended up buying them just a few months ago. Anything else? No, no student wow. loan, no credit card, nothing like that. Do you have like any that. cash? Um, we do. We have about 150. And then for uh, aside from our income of 290, we also have our rental income, which nets to about 95000 a year. Yeah. So that's separate from the, the 290. That's correct. That's yeah. in addition to. The... Um, 
Okay, and do you have any other investments? No, just of retirement for one k. How much? Um, close to one sixty. How old are you guys? Um, I am thirty seven, and my husband is forty. Well, you've done extremely wow. well. Congratulations! Thank you. Very I'm well done. Um, the uh, uh, and you're fairly new to this Ramsey stuff, I think, mm-hmm. aren't you? I, I did. I started watching the show and your videos just uh, a couple of weeks ago. And well, as much money as you've got you. and as well as you've done, why do you care what we think? Um, I will. Both of my husband and I were accountants. Mm-hmm. So we've done so far. We've been, we sacrificed so mm-hmm. much in our 20s and 30s to get where we are. I don't want to make the wrong move over a dream. Mm-hmm. That is expensive. I don't. The reason you built wealth, accountant, (laughs) is to live the dream, not count the coin. Correct. Okay. So you're going to give up some of your rental income in order to live the dream. Mm -hmm. If I'm you, Mm -hmm. anyway. I've got a bunch of rental property. I love rental property. I love real estate. All of mine's paid for. I never borrow money for anything. My house is paid for. Everything's paid for. Everything's paid for. Everything's paid for. So I'm going to have you in a in a paid for dream house mm-hmm. by selling off some of your rentals. If I'm doing your deal, now That's that makes you a question whether you really want to do this or not, because now the accountant <laughs> is fighting with the little girl who wanted a dream house. Now who's going to win? It is. <laughs> Well, look, it, it is. We have discussed that option, but we don't want to let go. It's cash flow. Yeah, it is. But it would is. you rather strangers live in the paid for house or you? That's the way I look at it. I'd much be what willing to clear. I'd probably clear rental number four since there's debt on it anyway. I'd sell that one Ooh. and get 300,000 cash and drop one of the 800s. And then I drop one of the 800s and, and pay you, cash for this puppy. And you're the one living in the paid for house. Not one of your right. renters. No, makes sense. Yeah. Right. It's funny. I'm renting my houses out, and I live in an apartment. What do you live now? What do you live in now? That's I. I rented all of my houses, and I'm the one living in an apartment. Wow. (laughs) Okay. Okay. And you're 37. And you're a 37 year old multi. You're a 37 year old multi millionaire with an income approaching a half million dollars a year. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm still questioning what I should do. (laughs) Yeah. Well, listen. Let me help you with this. Okay. There's three things you can do with money, and you need to do all three. Mm all the time be generous with it invest it and enjoy it you're only good at one investing Mm -hmm. and you are a world-class investor Mm -hmm. but you suck at enjoying it that is true (laughs) (laughs) yes my husband says the same thing we had this conversation last night that's I said Taylor Swift tickets are too expensive. Oh, oh God! You this has better, nothing to do with Taylor that. Swift. But they better go see it. Oh, Y'all better go see God. that show. How did Taylor Swift get in this conversation? Because she put Kelsey on the map, Dave. Oh Jesus, Murphy! <laughs> Help me, Lord! Help me, Lord! I'm just kidding. It's too expensive. I can't pay for those tickets. What happened? And he asked me, "What happens if your daughter will ask for it?" He made me think at that point. I said, "I got to think oh, about gosh. it. I got to justify the." Yeah. 
Yeah. So here's but, yeah. Yes, what I would do I do? Listen, listen. It. I believe I teach people to get out of debt. I teach people to save. People that spend all the time. People that spend all of their money on fun and have no life. Consequently, except of stress and problems. So they're most of the people we talk to. Jade and I are on the other end. We're telling them grow up and quit <laughs> being a child and have and quit having all some fun. Right. Enjoy instead have some generosity and some investing in your life. So I want you to insert mm-hmm. some generosity in your life. Mm-hmm. You didn't talk about that. I'm not saying you don't have that but i want to make sure it's there and i want you to enjoy some of this money here's the Mm. deal with the money that you make if you sacrifice one and a half rentals the one that's paid for and the one that's not um and you get a nice home and you take a normal amount and start investing it from this point forward you're going to be worth 25 to 30 million dollars at retirement wow that's where you're headed oh, wow. mathematically. And you're that. an accountant. You can do compound interest, and you know what it looks like. You have this fabulous income. Yeah. And better than that, you have this thing called self-control. Yeah. And discipline. I mean, you're weird. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah, but you need to go get you a good house, girl. You uh-huh. earned it. You earned sure it. did. Very good. This is that's so fun. Way to go. Way to go, Nikki. This is The Ramsey Show. Jade Washall, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host today. Today's question of the day is brought to you by Neighborly, your hub for home services. When something in your home breaks, remember the Neighborly done right promise, which is it's not done right until it's done right. That's cool. I like that. Download the Neighborly app today. Schedule your appointment. And, uh, you know, you'll get great service when you're working with Neighborly's network of home service providers that's right great company yeah today's question comes from rachel in missouri she says i've been listening to you for over 20 years and i'm so grateful for your financial principles my family is close to paying off our mortgage and then we are completely debt free will you please give perspective on our world events talking about the israel at war etc what's the best advice to prepare financially for our own home and how to invest with so much turmoil this is an interesting question. Dave, I'll give my uh, two cents on this. I'd love to hear your side of this. Um, Rachel, things like this, whenever there's calamity, whenever there's uncertainty in the world, I think about COVID and all those things. Uh, I really go quickly to controlling what I can control. And in this case, like you said, you're close to paying off your mortgage. You're close to being completely debt free. Do those things that you know to do and continue walking down that path. And um And then for me, I just also have to accept it's like in one hand, I control the things that I can control. And then on the other hand, I have to accept the things that I can't control. And one thing that I have found that helps me accept the things I can't control is I tend to want to lean into generosity a little bit. And then there's kind of just like, okay, I can't go overseas and I may not be the one that can save people, but I can be generous in my community. There's things that I can still do. So that's the way that I would approach that. Um, and that are, those are the two things that have given me peace, uh, in times like these. What about you, Dave? No, that makes a lot of sense. Um, control the controllables. I mean, when we were in the Fauci pandemic, you know, we didn't know what was going to happen. Um, you know, it was, we'd never been in a Fauci pandemic before. You didn't know what to do. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, you just kind of got to get in there and wind your way through. That one actually showed up in Missouri. I don't think Hamas is going to show up in Missouri. I could be wrong. 
but I'm pretty sure of that one. Mm-hmm. Um, might be wrong. I mean, sure as I say that, it'll be tomorrow. But I, I don't think so. I think yeah, you're. I, I think, think you're probably okay. But then the question is, what does world? What do global events do to your investments? Well, if you're invested in the stock market, for instance, in your 401k, sometimes global events temporarily affect that. Uh, a, a scare in the Ukraine, a scare um, in, in Israel, a war in Israel, a war in the Ukraine. Uh, can affect uh, stock market, usually fairly temporarily. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly an event in the homeland, an event in the United States proper would affect the stock market. But even nine one one, when the towers were uh, attacked by those cowards um, and the, they, you know, they, they fell. And they, they fell, if you don't know, literally within blocks of Wall Street. The actual New York Stock Exchange is right there. Okay, you couldn't get to it for a day or two because of the rubble, and so. But also, we traditionally shut down the stock market exchange, the New York Stock Exchange, and for that matter, the uh, the Nasdaq, which is in Chicago, will shut down trading during during horrible events like an attack on mm-hmm. American soil. Uh, we shut it down. Well, it, so it was shut down the. the 911 was on a Tuesday. Stock market didn't reopen until Monday. And as soon as it reopened, you know what it did? It dove 500 points in a matter of moments. You know what it did? And then it went down like for a week. Mm-hmm. It just kept going down. And everybody's like, oh, they, they, they've, they've, cra- they've crashed the towers and they crashed the American economy. Mm-hmm. No, not even close. I kept telling people, look, buy, buy, buy. It's time mm-hmm. to buy. It's going down. Buy. It's on sale. Buy. I don't want to take advantage of a calamity. That's not the point. But the market's going down. This is not the time to sell. It's the time to buy. Mm-hmm. Because 54 days later, it returned to where it was. Which nobody talked about. And never made a single news headline. But the news headline, big, bold across the front page of the the you know, the, the local uh, liberal pamphlet we have that's called a newspaper. And um, <laughs> big, bold big bold letter stock market crashes following terrorist attack you know how much coverage they gave it when 54 days later it completely returned zero not one mention not one anywhere even cnbc which is supposed to report on business didn't report it even fox business didn't report it because fox business was not in existence then so there and you know but there you go that's what that's how this world event things work so what you do is you keep buying so, Dave, you All the say time. you just keep buying the rest of your life. You keep buying until it's time for you to sell. You do not buy or sell based on world events because they always have a temporary impact. So we always say here that when you're investing, you're spreading it over four types, right? Growth, growth and income, aggressive growth, international. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I've heard you say international is kind of like the wild child, right? No, it's the weak spot. That's the weak spot. Yeah. And that is because those economies have not done as well. Right. And we know that you know, overall in the United States, foreign stocks as a category, have not kept up with U.S. stocks as a category. But there's a for the reason la- for you the have la- it. For the last 40 years. There's yeah. a reason that it's still a quarter of the strategy. Exactly, because there are times that things like a BMW or a Mercedes, were they still owned by Germans? They're not now. Mm-hmm. But were, were, you know, were they, you know, think of a foreign company, and there's a bunch of them that you ingest and do business with every day and don't think anything about it. Um, but their stock then is a considered a foreign stock. Mm-hmm. And so you, there's times that they're going to prosper sometimes on the back of the U S economy. That's true. But there's still that, that profit is from a foreign co- goes to a foreign company then. So 
Uh, it's not a patriotic issue. It's a math thing. And so um, you just keep investing. You just keep investing, Rachel. And I got to tell you, if you're worried about a paid-for house in Missouri because of the war in Israel, you need to turn the television off. Yeah, that's true. You're watching it too much because that you, your reality is getting distorted um, as to what's, what the real effect is going to be on your life. I, Absolutely. No one is happy about Israel being attacked. Well, uh-huh. some people are happy, but, I mean, n- none of the people around me or you know, <laughs> people best, like me yeah. are happy about it. We're all in horror, horrified with what's going on. It's absolute evil. But um, but it, from a financial or economic perspective, a year from now, it'll be a distant memory. Mm-hmm. From a political perspective, 10 years from now, it'll be a history note in a book. That's all it'll be. Just a note. That's true. Like the 1967, 1972, same, same dates at Israel, right? Mm-hmm. Same thing. Just a note in the history book. Yeah. And so, but while you're living in it, it's a real thing. And so, but you can't get caught up in things that are happening somewhere else. Control the controllables. Yeah. It's tough. I think um, the way the world is, there's social media, there's 24 hour oh, a day network news, right? And it's constantly feeding us the worst possible things happening in society. And if we don't put boundaries around that, we will destroy our brains. Like we will, we will be in fear twenty four seven. It's a twenty four seven news cycle. Yeah, twenty four seven fear cycle. It's fear porn, and the, you know, not to say that the Israel thing is not real. Of but, course, uh, it is obviously real. It's obviously mm-hmm. horrid. It's a tragedy. It's a disaster. Yeah, it's all of those things. But, um, uh, but it, but is it going to affect Rachel in Missouri? No. No. Other than pray for, I was going to say, pray for peace in Jerusalem. Yep. Other than the that way that we can pray show compassion. For yep. That's all you can do. Hey, thank you, thank you for your question, Rachel. Open phones at triple eight eight two five five two two five. By the way, there's lots of information on the stock market history that is very intriguing when you dig into it. Mm-hmm. One piece of information I saw in one of the brochures one time is if you had invested at the worst possible day in the stock market in the last five years, and you did that every five years, mm-hmm. you would have so much money. The worst possible day, yeah. Because you were buying at the bottom. Yeah, cheap. You know, and you say, okay, this is the horrible thing that happened. Now, right after 911, mm-hmm. if you had invested, right? Mm-hmm. If you had invested after, you know, Black Monday in 1987, mm-hmm. if you which the market just dove like 20% yeah. in one day, it was crazy. It's a weird day. If you'd invested on the worst possible days, if yeah. you'd invested at the highest possible days, how much money you'd have. And it's still a lot of money. Something. So Something. the point of the chart or the illustration is keep investing, keep investing, keep investing. The only people that get hurt on a roller coaster are those that jump off in the middle of the ride. This is The Ramsey Show. Jade Washall, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. Derek is in Salt Lake City. Hi, Derek. Welcome to The Ramsey Show. Hi, Dave. Hi, Jade. Hey, what's oh. up? Hey, um, I'm getting married in less than two months. Congratulations. Uh, has, well, thank you very much. Um, she has about $23,000 uh, of consumer debt. I do not have any debt outside of my mortgage. So my question to you is, should I stop baby steps four, five, and six and save up uh, to be able to pay off her debts after the wedding, or should I continue four, five, and six till after the wedding. So you don't have 23,000 cash now? Um, I do, yes. 
Okay, why would but you need to? Why would you need to save up then? Um, I'm I'm currently finishing my basement, and so um, I'm doing that debt free, and so I'm only going to have about fifteen thousand left. And is she contributing any to this twenty three thousand? Uh, she's working um, to pay it off right now, but when we get married, it'll still the line share will still be there. Okay, so you've got fifteen thousand that you can put towards it. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I would. I, yes, I, yes. To answer your question, ready. I would stop my four hundred one k and go ahead and get okay. get ready for the post honeymoon debt freedom, mm-hmm. and then make sure you have a fully funded emergency fund, and um, never dip into your emergency fund for anything, and that includes fixing a basement, which is by definition not an emergency. And um, then we will, uh, after we have an emergency fund in place, we'll restart and put 15% of our new household income into retirement plans of some kind. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. uh, that's just adjusting both of your lives to fit the, the post-marriage baby steps. Agreed? Definitely. Yeah, you, you were on track. You knew what we were going to say already, but you just want to make sure that the nuance was there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I was... I had a couple more questions for him. I wanted to know if he was spending his emergency fund to do his basement. Well, he had twenty three thousand. He's going to be down to fifteen. Yeah. So okay. I don't. I don't know how far. You know. That's what I said. You got to make sure the emergency fund's in place yeah. and the basement's not. Yeah. Yeah. But um. Yeah. That's um. That's yeah. We went from this real noble. I'm going to pay off my fiance's debt after we're married. To I'm finishing my basement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Your face was priceless what? <laughs> finish in my basement yeah all right and there's that <laughs> okay how are these in the same sentence but, uh, yeah that's good that's okay it's she okay. wants maybe she wants the basement finished I, yeah, it's okay <laughs> nothing's wrong with what he's doing it's just it no. just caught me off guard it was like a hard left turn it was morgan is in sacramento hey morgan what's up hi how's it going better than i deserve how can i help Yay. Um, I am calling because I have been a homeschooling stay-at-home mom for the past 18 years, and my kids have just gotten old enough now to where I am working part-time, and we're trying to figure out what to do with um, my added income. Some of it is going to ha- is um, sorry going to help make ends meet with inflation and all that fun going on, but we still have an abundance beyond that. And so we're trying to figure out how to, if we, in comparison with elevating our lifestyle with paying off the mortgage. So you're on baby step six? I think so. Awesome. So that would mean for anybody listening, you have no other debt other than the mortgage. You've got three to six months set aside for expenses in an emergency fund. Yep. And you're investing 15% of your income before taxes. And then are you putting aside anything into 529s or anything like that for the kids' college? Uh, no, that stuff is all taken care of. How? Okay. How? How's it taken care of? Oh, wow, I'm sorry. I thought you said, wow. I said, yeah. Um, my oldest was given a 529 already and has done scholarships and is working her way through. So this is her first year. And um, we also have relatives that are helping along the way and are able to help but um we just really feel strongly too about our kids work ethic and being able to put themselves through we live in an area too that has a state school and a community college and here in california community college is paid for by taxpayers so there's just a lot of support so they're able to go without yeah. debt so that's good yeah yeah so, and but you're for, you're contributing nothing uh yeah 
Correct. Okay. So taking care of means that you think they have a plan. Yes. Yeah, that's true. Okay. I just wanted to know what you meant. Okay. Yeah. And, um, all right, so I, I get it. That's been the plan, their homeschool, and that's been the plan all along, and they know that. They're not surprised by it, and mm-hmm. you're actually coaching them and showing them how to do this debt-free, I hope, yep. and yep. Um, and uh, without mom and dad's support and with the support of some relative money, money coming from some relatives. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. Yep. Uh, well, I mean, there's two things to do with the overage then. It'd be baby step six, as you said, put it on your house or enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, how much overage have you got? Um, probably about a thousand a month. Okay. So what do you want to do? Um, you know, little things like my daughter this year asked if she could have new soccer shoes instead of used soccer shoes, Mm -hmm. things like that. Like I really would like to do and what what we actually did do, um, for my birthday, we bought a table at a banquet for a charity event for people. And that was so much fun Mm -hmm. to be able to do that. Um, my husband likes to buy dinner if we ever go out with friends. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, nothing huge, I guess. I mean, but then that's what we're thinking. Like, Oh, maybe we could save up and go to next year's money and marriage event. You know, things like that (laughs) that are super exciting. What I would say, what I would say, this is what Sam and I do. Um, and we, we, we came up with this because we have variable, like variable income and, Every month, the question is, what do we do with this extra income? And finally, we got to the point where we're like, it's just a percentage. And we know this percentage is going towards a mortgage. Whatever it is, this percentage goes towards something fun we want to do. And this percentage goes towards giving. And that kind of takes all of the guesswork out of it. It kind of takes the um, the tendency to maybe leave something that's important out and s- so that you can do something else. And that way it's like, okay, we're covering every base every time there's extra money. And that's one strategy you could utilize with this because I do want you to be intentional about paying off your mortgage because it is part of the process. And it's very important for you to do that in order to build wealth. But like Dave said, you also, it's extra, right? And you don't have to be so, so intense about it. I just want you to be intentional. So you do have the opportunity to give some or save some as well. Yeah, I, I would, I agree with that. I think that's a great formula. And so it might sound like we're going to put 50% of all overage towards the mortgage. Uh, we're going to splurge with 40% of the overage, and we're going to give an additional 10 yeah. um, for generosity out of out of it. Or whatever. You could you can switch those numbers around, or you can have different numbers. But the, obviously, out of $1,000, then I'd put 500 towards the mortgage or 500 you know, whatever that percentage tells you. And that's exactly how Sharon and I do it as well. We increase our lifestyle by a very small percentage on all overage. We increase our generosity and our investing by a large percentage on all overage. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're blessed in that our income is so freaking ridiculous that a small percentage is a great <laughs> for life. So, um, I mean, our lifestyle increasing a small percentage is not a small dollar. So it's right. good. Well, you know, I think we, don't, people, we just don't need to spend that much. It's just nuts. I think and we still have a crazy good life. You, you know? do. <laughs> You do. I think people do fear like lifestyle creep, though. Yeah, like, but you if you don't, be... you should you should fear it. Yeah, because I mean, because it, it, if you don't learn to control how much you spend on your consumption, mm-hmm. you will consume all of it the rest of your life, no matter what you make. Mm-hmm. And people would make fifteen million dollars buy fifteen million dollars worth of stupid stuff. Then you know that's called mo money mo problems. That's it, and that's that's a, you know mo immaturity. Yeah, so um, <laughs> it just keeps growing, right? But yeah, I think you just got to, uh, but the formula gives you permission mm-hmm. to enjoy the portion that you set for enjoyment 
and permission to do the generosity without looking over your shoulder That's was right. irresponsible. That's right. And permission to do the investing without feeling like I'm Scrooge McDuck right. counting my coins. That's right? right. That's right. And so I love that where we allocate a percentage. I use it. We teach it to high income people all the time. But it works for anybody in four, five, and six mm-hmm. on any amount of overage. Mm-hmm. It could be a thousand. It could be ten thousand overage. Yeah. Whatever it is. Good suggestion, Jade. Well done. This is the Ramsey Show. It's the last call for our two-night virtual event, Dave Ramsey's Investing Essentials. It's set for May 21 and 22, and you do not want to miss this. I'll unpack my personal playbook on investing and real estate and show you how you can feel confident in your investments, too. Tickets are $199. Snag a VIP ticket, and you'll get two sessions with a Ramsey Preferred Coach. You can join from anywhere. Go to RamseySolutions.com events and get your ticket today. Jade Washaw, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host today. Open phones at 888-825-5225. James is in Santa Cruz, California. Hi, James. How are you? Uh, very good. Thank you. Um, I am a new listener. My radio station just picked you guys up. And a couple of questions um, on credit scores. We had bankruptcy years and years ago, and we've just been working real hard on bringing our credit up, and now we're in the 800s. And I heard you the other day saying that isn't that important. So I'm just trying to find out about credit ratings. Yeah. So, James, well, number one, thanks for listening, and thanks for even being open to what we're talking about here. Um, The thing with the credit score is it's all about your interaction with debt. And since you have started listening, we are of the camp that debt is there's no such thing as good debt. Right. We want you to pay off your debt. And when you do pay off your debt, your credit score goes to zero after time. Usually it's about a year that passes and it will go down to zero if you have no debt on the record. And for a lot of people, yourself included, I think that is completely new information. It's like, wow, I didn't know that that was possible. And it makes people a little bit nervous because our whole lives, the culture is telling us you need to have credit score, you need to have a good credit score, and you need a credit score to get all the things that you want in life. But when you really do look at that score, it's about how much debt you have, how long you've interacted with that debt, what types of debt do you have, right? The history of your debt, what percentage of your debt that you're using, that's all they care about. And it's only good for one thing, and that's to help you get more, more debt. debt. <laughs> right. It, it's not so it's not an we, it's not an indication that you have a high net worth a high income it's not an indication you're winning with money right. it's an indication you're winning with debt mm-hmm. and so, so it's a false measure of winning is our is our point and mm-hmm. do we want to purposefully destroy it if you've got an 800 no but the only way you've got an 800 is since you filed bankruptcy years ago is you know after the bankruptcy you've had a lot of positive interaction with debt, meaning you borrowed, paid it back, borrowed, paid it back on time Mm -hmm. or early, and uh, you didn't get into crazy amounts of debt, I hope. Um, Usually you don't get an 800 if you're way over leveraged. Right. Um, And usually you don't get an 800 if you've got a bunch of wrong kinds of debt. I mean, if you had, by wrong kinds, I mean the super dumb stuff. Yeah. Right. But it's not all credit card debt or it's not all whatever. But I mean, you've been living a fairly normal consumer life and have 
paid everything earlier on time. Am I right? Yeah, and, you know, we have four vehicles. Everything's paid off. Mm-hmm. We have, you know, credit cards, but, I mean, we pay them off every month. Right, right. And the only... But you didn't always, or you wouldn't have an 800. No. Correct. The credit, the cars yeah. weren't always paid off, and the credit cards weren't always paid off every month, or you would not have an 800. Right. The only thing we have is our mortgage, and I just looked it up yesterday, and it's worth like 1.2, and we owe 513, so it's like a $687,000 in equity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, way to and go. Way to go. We have two kids. Uh, our girl is the last two years at Chow Poly. Yeah. So we're paying their tuition. What's your, so, household, what's your household uh, income? Um, the wife is around 125. And I'm self-employed. I'm, and I actually retired this last December, mm-hmm. which doesn't feel like it because I'm still working. Yeah. And, what do you make? Um, what do you make? I, I'm on paper. I'm about twenty to thirty. Okay. So let me let me. Here's the premise. You're a brand new listener. The thing that we've discovered, and I've lived, and we have taught now for thirty years on this show, is the shortest fastest way to an extremely stable wealthy enjoyment of money is to become and stay debt free because that frees up your income it de- it takes away the risk of problems and you're living in a fairly risk-free environment right now you have nothing left but a very small mortgage and relative to the uh relative to the value and your wife right. has a good income you guys have done you've been very careful calm wise You've not done anything super stupid here. You've done a good job, a very good job. And so it doesn't, in your mind right now, this idea of living without debt completely, uh, it's not that radical because you're almost there. Basically. Right. And then the 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 point being, the point being, do you want to go back into debt? If you want to go back into debt, I would argue with you. Mm -hmm. If you, if you want to go back into debt, you should protect that credit score because it's the easiest way to go into debt. But if you're not going to borrow anymore and you're just going to build wealth and the next time you get ready to buy a car or put a kid in school, you're going to figure out a way to write a check to do that and you're not going to borrow money, then your need for an 800 credit score is very low. Now, you don't have to worry about it. It's not doing anything wrong. It's just sitting there. And there's no sense in, like I said, we don't need to shoot it or something. We don't want to destroy it. Uh, But I'm not going to sit and fret like most of Americans do about – Oh God, it dropped 10 points. Who gives a crap? I mean, it doesn't matter. You're not using it. It has only one use and that's to borrow more money. And if you decide like I decided 30 years ago and you've been moving this way before you even met us, James, you've been moving towards being debt free and hopefully staying that way. If you decide I'm going to stay that way, then you have no use for a credit score. Right. Yeah. And the, the further you walk down the path, the easier it gets, right? When you, when you first start out, you've got a bunch of debt and there's, you know, more risk in your life you're thinking well i a lot of people erroneously think i need a credit card what if something happens it's my safety net and then they start to realize and get their confidence of wait a minute i can use my own money i don't need this credit score and the further you get down that line to where maybe the only thing you have left is your mortgage 
then it's like, yeah, what do I need a credit score for? I've got everything mm -hmm. and I was able, and, and now I have all this extra cash because I don't have payments. So if I do need something, I can easily stack up the cash to pay cash. There I don't go. need debt. That's it. It's out. Once you know that, then you don't need a score. Yeah, that's, that's right. What, James, thanks for being a brand new listener. Caleb is in Charleston, West Virginia. Hi, Caleb. How are you? I'm great, Dave. How are you doing? Better than I deserve. What's up? So I uh, I do reside in Charleston, West Virginia. I own a roofing company. Mm -hmm. We're coming up on uh, just over two and a half years in business. Mm -hmm. And uh, fa fairly healthy. We will be uh, projected about $2.2 in Great. Good job. Year. Well done. Yeah, thank you. Um, and we've accumulated a, a decent amount of money. I've got, uh, actually just checked it this morning, around 303000 and change in the bank. Mm -hmm. But it is just sitting um, in the bank. So mm -hmm. I can give you a little bit more details of kind of our family. We've got two two young girls, and it's, when you work pretty hard for, you know, that type of money, you, you seem to, you know, keep it closer to your chest. And I, I don't know if I'm, I'm doing, you know, this service to myself as well as the family if we don't pick up a little bit, you know, and be more aggressive in. Well, you need an emergency fund at home. You need retained earnings at the office. Mm -hmm. You need some money, some cash at the office for operations, for growth, yeah. for, uh, for buying things. Uh, so you don't use a line of credit to the office, that kind of stuff. So I keep a retained earnings fund here at Ramsey. All right. And then at home, I've got an emergency fund. So some of that 300 will be allocated to those two things. The rest of it should be either used to pay off debt or to invest or both, depending on where you are in the baby steps. Okay. Are Just you familiar with the baby I'm, steps? I am. I am familiar. Okay. Where are you? Are you out of debt? No, and you're gonna you're probably with with the type of money. And again, it's it's one of those things where it's sometimes hard to give up some of the the money that I've I've worked. Uh, and, and you already you know, gave it up when you bought the item with debt. You just hadn't admitted it yet. Yeah, that's what I want to know. Do you have? I mean, you did two point two million in revenue, but does the business? Did you guys take out debt on the business? No, the business has zero debt at all. Okay, What's so, the debt that you're uh, ashamed of that you don't want to talk about? One hundred and thirty thousand in my mortgage. Oh, is that all? Oh. Is that all? I have 130. I have 130,000 mortgage. That's it. That's not. A, that's that's no biggie. Pay it off, man. Yeah. yeah. Oh God, pay that off today. <laughs> Good lord. I thought he was gonna drop a bomb on us. Dave. I thought you were gonna tell me you had an eighty thousand dollar truck. Uh huh. I really did. Yeah. Oh my God. No, pay off that mortgage, man. Today. Great. Ooh. That's nothing exciting shame. stuff. Yeah. And then you still got. One hundred fifty thousand. One hundred fifty. One hundred eighty thousand bucks. Yeah. Oh my gosh. This Ooh. is the Ramsey Show. Live from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, it's the Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. Jade Washaw, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host today. Thank you for joining us. The phone number is 888-825-5225. Brian is in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Hi, Brian. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi, Dave. How are you? Better than I deserve. What's up? Yeah, so my wife and I, we are both 25 years old. Um, we got roughly $35,000 in debt, um, and that is pretty well just consumed in vehicles. Um, I got a truck, and she got a SUV. Um, we got our first child on the way, and we are just looking for some advice as far as getting out of debt and stopping living paycheck to paycheck. 
Mm. So you've got 35000 in two separate cars. Can you just break that down for me right quick? Yep. So uh, the truck, we have about twelve five that we owe. Uh-huh. And what whatever the remaining balance is from that is, sure. is what my wife owes on the vehicle. Okay, got it. Mm-hmm. And so what's your income? Uh, so our combined income, it varies a little bit because I am full commission um, sales. However, combined, we, we gross roughly 120 a year. Okay, 120 a year. Good for you. That is good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I look at 35000 in cars, I don't think with your income, I'm not like, oh my gosh, you guys are out of control. But I am wondering mm-hmm. where is your income going? And I'm, my first question to you is if you're on a budget or not. <laughs> so we are not. Um, and we actually just started the baby steps. So we paid off. We got our emergency fund. We paid off our smallest debt. Um, just last week, and so and baby, uh, we need to get a budget together um, because <laughs> it's kind of a deal where you know every paycheck, it's like where the heck's our money going? Yeah. yeah. So I think you've got a lot going on in your life. You've got this debt. You want to get it cleared up. You've got a baby coming up. You want to get that cleared up. Um, what I want to tell you is, I know you want to get out of debt, and that's good. But during this time, what I really want you focused on is just piling up as much money as you possibly can. Until because, baby comes. Yes, because when the baby gets here, everything's going to be fine. Wife's going to be fine. <laughs> that's the goal, right? Like, that's the hope, wish, and want. And so when the baby gets here, everybody's healthy. Then you can take that big chunk of money and attack these cars in order, smallest to largest. Okay. So we'll hit the truck I mean, first. You, you should have more than enough to pay off her car the day baby comes home from the hospital. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. And, yeah, and, so and put a truck, and put a, I mean, not her car. Well, either, either car. <laughs> You, you 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 know you might have the twenty two thousand, but you definitely have the twelve thousand. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So pile it up as big as you can pile. It. Start your debt snowball hard and fast with that big pile of cash. That's is what right. Jade's saying. When the baby comes home. In the meantime, I like just having a big pile of cash when a baby's on the way. Yes, and that's kind of what I was wondering. Is you know I don't want the baby to show up and then we have no money. Yeah. No. Well, I'm not. I'm not worried about you being able to feed the baby. That's you can do that on 120. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm just in right. case there's a, a a little medical hiccup or something. Mm-hmm. You want to concentrate on baby and on mommy, not on debt. That's right. So yep. you know, having no money with a baby on the way is scary. So let's just pile it up. Right. Get on that written detailed budget. Use that every dollar app. You and your wife sit uh-huh. down. Lay out where every dollar is going to go every month before the month begins. Every dollar has an assignment. Every dollar has a name. Every dollar has a mission. Yeah. You both agree to it. You pinky swear and spit shake and you freaking stick to it. Yeah, because at the very least, you know, you're going to hit that deductible and you're going to have to pay that out of pocket, which yep. depending on your insurance could be pretty high if you've got a high deductible plan. So, you know, you're at least going to hit that with the baby. Yeah, you're going to have that. And, you know, and we want to pay a car or two off. Yeah. So it would be very cool. And how much money can you save? in nine months yeah. i mean nine thousand ten thousand dollars i mean hey let me ask you something about that so somebody mentioned if you know you're having a baby going into the hospital up front that there's an advantage to going in and paying up front for the delivery cost if you don't have insurance if only if you don't have insurance yeah, if you have insurance it's all set it doesn't matter it doesn't change anything because the insurance company's already cut the deal does they it have, have they have a baby cost x deal uh-huh. Okay, the insurance company does. But if you've got, I don't know, in let's just say labor and delivery is 12000 bucks as an example. I don't mm-hmm. know what it is. I haven't paid right. in a long, long time. But let's just say that's probably about what it is, give or take right now. 
And if, if you did not have insurance, which mm-hmm. would be highly unusual in it today's world. It would be. World, That's why I was trying to get around did, that. If you did yeah. not have insurance, it is the, it's a very interesting thing with hospitals. It's the only time you go to the hospital that you're glad. <laughs> That's true. So babies are PR, good PR for hospitals. Well, you, People come there and everybody that comes about the baby's happy and the baby's happy. Well, mama's not glad until well, after the Well, I don't mean that, but I mean, it, it is a celebratory <laughs> event. That's right. It's not having your appendix out, okay? It's not it, it, It's not having your knee replacement surgery done. It's not your mother died of gallbladder disease there. Sure, it's sure, not sure. that. You know, it's not people go to hospitals to die. It's oh, not that, yeah. right? It's the only time that it's a happy story. That's right. And so hospitals want people to have babies there. Yeah, it's good because it's a good thing for them from a PR <laughs> yeah. perspective. It puts good vibes into the community, right? Mm-hmm. So with all that in mind, you can go in ahead of time and negotiate and prepay, mm-hmm. uh, and, and they'll cut as much as half off That's pretty in labor and delivery. They probably will do it on other procedures, but they're known for doing it industry-wide yeah. on labor and delivery. So which tells us that we're paying too much through insurance, but our insurance is paying it, but we're paying the insurance and yeah, yeah, yeah there we go. But yeah. anyway, yeah. the way mine was you the, the doctor's office set up your, yeah. whatever your deductible was. And they were like, you pay half now you pay yep. this much. And then by the time the baby was done, you had already done it. Yep. And, yeah, it, was, and it really wasn't optional. It's yeah. a program. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But again, if you're, it, this would have been a while, you know, pre Obamacare yeah. as an example, there were a people, more people walking around yeah, without insurance. That's right. Now they just pay twice as much for it. But um, but there were more people walking around without insurance in those days. Mm-hmm. So you could go in and pre-negotiate. And, um, uh, I mean, we had great success with that back in the day. I don't know how that much that would apply today because I don't know how often somebody actually goes into a hospital for labor and delivery without insurance. It'd be that's, fairly true. that's true. Austin is in Jackson Miss. Hi, Austin. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Mm. Hey, Austin, you're going to hang on to the next break. I just looked up and saw the time. Mm. Sorry about that. I'm not going to try to answer your question in 15 or 20 <laughs> seconds here. Yeah. That doesn't work at all. So I, I suspect if you had elective surgeries that were mm-hmm. not insurance covered, that you probably could also go in ahead of time and say, if I prepay, what kind of deal will you get yes. me? And I'm shopping other locations to do this elective surgery that's true yeah i like that i like that so i mean even something again something that would not be insurance covered Mm -hmm. that has not been dictated but um yeah i suspect you could do that there as well because you've got choices then you know a you don't have to do it b you certainly don't have to do it there that's right and so again your walk away power from a negotiation standpoint is intact this is the ramsey show Hey folks, the Total Money Makeover 20th Anniversary Edition is now here. I believe the success of this book is all about the hero stories. People who felt overwhelmed and stuck until they found the least complicated money book they ever read and learned how to work the plan and actually build wealth. Go to RamseySolutions.com store to get the Total Money Makeover 20th Anniversary Edition and become one of the new Total Money Makeover heroes. Jade Washaw, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host today. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Austin is in Jackson, Mississippi. Hey, Austin, how are you? 
Austin, are you with me? Yep, can you hear me? Yes, sir. How can we help? Uh, I hope you both are doing well today. So I recently, probably within the last few weeks, uh, stumbled upon your content, and I'm just trying to wrap my head around. Uh, I have a 6% uh, salary match, uh, 401K, and I'm trying to wrap my head around foregoing that and putting in uh, straight into debt. And it was looking for an explanation. That's a great it question. Is. It means you're being very thoughtful about all of this. Very well done. Mm-hmm. So what do you do for a living? So I am actually a uh, purchasing manager for a uh, mine. Okay. And so you um, have a degree in business possibly? Yes. Okay, good. I thought, I thought so. Because <laughs> um, so, you're, you're good at seeing the, uh, the math thing right in front of you and going, well, that seems dumb. So here's a couple of things that we discovered, and I, I honestly doing this for 30 years, uh, 25 years ago, I was backing into some of these ideas because I come from the same academic background, but back when the dinosaurs roamed the earth that you came from. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so my, my first tendency is to nerd out and fix everything with math, Mm -hmm. but I figured out in personal finance that the data of best practices among millionaires doesn't necessarily follow math all the time. In other words, personal finance is more personal than it is finance. It's more behavior than it is math. Mm -hmm. And so what we've discovered over the decades of doing this is that, in, in other words, here's an example, the power of exclusively focusing all of your money energy, your arithmetic energy on one goal for a short period of time supersedes the employer match. Yeah. The power focus although that's a little bit nebulous and hard to put a math figure to, we've proven that over a decade, getting clear of consumer debt very, very quickly increases the probability that you actually do it, number one. Mm -hmm. But number two, uh, it gets you out of debt and frees up then your most powerful wealth-building tool, which is your income. When you bifurcate your focuses, meaning you spread them out, when you spread out light, it merely lights a room. When you focus it, you can do surgery or manufacture things with it called a laser. And what we're doing here is for a short period of time, not an extended period of time, that won't, the, the theory doesn't stand up and the hypothesis doesn't stand up over a long period of time. But for three years or less, if you forgo a match and forgo, forgo all investing, and in lieu of that, they have this tremendous emotion Mm-hmm. and psychological focus on singular goal of becoming debt-free, and then you stay out of debt for the rest of your life, you not only get the match, you get to max out all of these retirements, yeah. and it is ends up being, 15 years later, the shortest path to becoming a millionaire. Although the short-term math of missing out on that match, for someone like you, Austin, or me, that was trained in nerd Nerdville, uh, it, it, it feels blasphemous, doesn't it? Uh, I understand what you're saying. I feel, I feel like I'm stepping over dimes to pick up pennies almost. When you take the match, you are. Yeah, but I, I get what you're saying. It's better to direct my approach towards one thing as opposed to try and spread my avenues out, and well, which hasn't worked for the past however many years I've been going at this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let, let me give you another example because it's a great discussion for everyone to listen in on this conversation because this comes up a lot and because it, it, it there's a real it's a real valid question and a valid discussion but here's the other thing if you don't get out of debt 
and you don't change your mindset about debt and you languish in consumer debt for 10 years because simultaneously you're trying to invest, then what you've done is you've completely disabled the wealth building mechanism. And so by simply increasing the probability of becoming and staying debt-free by shortening the term, you've increased the probability of wealth dramatically. Mm. You, in other words, you can't half but do the get out of debt and half but do the investing thing at the same time and ever get this right. Yeah, You never get clear of it. That's what ends up happening. And so it's a, but it's, but it, man, I get tripped up on the math thing. It, it, here, here's another, the, the debt snowball versus I was on a, a, a podcast the other day with a young lady in our space, Erica, very smart lady. And she used the debt avalanche to pay off. She's a lawyer, pay off mm -hmm. her law school debt. And she was talking to me about that. And I said, yeah, but you're a highly disciplined valedictorian law student. Okay. Yeah. You, you know, you're an unusual human being. Most of us are normal human beings. We have to see the feedback loop of getting the little one paid off and sensing some success and traction, mm -hmm. which keeps me plugged in. The psychological feedback loop supersedes the math change. And here's the thing. The probability of completing the debt avalanche is one-tenth yeah. the probability of completing the debt snowball. Yes, in other words, nine out of 10 people that start the debt snowball complete it, one out of 10 on the avalanche complete mm -hmm. it, or whatever the number mm -hmm. is. But the, com the completion probability is not figured into the stupid math equation when someone says, oh, you should pay off the highest interest rate first. I use the debt avalanche, which means you've been on TikTok, not in reality. Mm -hmm. That's what that means. And so, you know, yeah. again, behavior trumps math when you do it on the short term, because our behaviors are what caused the debt in the first place. Yeah, I agree. I mean, when I look at it, I think about it, if you look at it as like a football field, right? And let's say debt's in the end zone. If you run straight, you're getting there faster. But if you zigzag a yard here and then zigzag a yard there, and then I'm going to put five over here on this one, it takes you forever, forever yeah. to get to the end zone. That's exactly right. Yeah, you know, running in run, run it straight up the middle. Yeah, all it's the just, way. You know, and and take the yardage you can get. Take it, and then then play the next play. That's right. And then play the next play. Just straight down the middle. Run it up the gut. Run it up the gut. That's what exactly what we're talking about. Um, but the other thing that we don't, even us math nerds, mm -hmm. because this I, I you know I've been teaching it based on behavior for. 25 almost mm -hmm. 30 years so i i understand it i believe it and i've got 10 million people that have done That's it right. so yeah. i've got the proof text that i'm right yeah you know but but it still messes with my brain <laughs> that's funny it didn't i'll be honest with you that was the one thing that didn't mess with my brain yeah but you're, you're, you came out of the music background the artist background you just went this is how to do it do it yeah that's that is true there's I, one way to play that song yeah and there's this is the way ways. Yeah. I mean, it's not that song if you play it two ways. It's a different song. <laughs> that is true. You know, I mean. Yeah. And so th this this is, but the math thing is uh, you cannot, and it's the mistake that the financial world has made. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All of the financial planning world and all of the investing world and all of the insurance world, they try to do everything based exclusively on math in a behavior-based world. Yeah, they forget about mindset. They forget about behavior. Yeah, if we were only doing math, no one would have credit card debt facts because it's mathematically absurd if we were only doing math no one would borrow two hundred fifty thousand dollars to get a degree in left-handed puppetry that's, oh, come on dave i if know we that's were right only doing math <laughs> but this is not about math no one would go into debt to go to a college campus because they have 
a good football team. Isn't that funny, Dave, how the math matters? Until when, it doesn't matter. Right. When we don't want it to matter because we get something, it doesn't matter. But then when it's like, wait, if it's if in we my If we were doing favor, math, we wouldn't yeah. buy a car that has a toxic plastic smell in it called new car <laughs> smell and watch the depreciation happen when we drive it off the lot. That's right. When you hear that sound, when you go off the lot, bloom, bloom, when you break the curb, that was the sound of $10,000 leaving your net worth. <laughs> You know, I mean, but if we were doing math, we would never do that. No. But we smell the toxic smell and go, oh, my God, this is wonderful. <laughs> smell the leather. No, it's not leather. It's, it's, <laughs> it's carcinogens. You're getting yes. cancer right now. I'm just, oh, my God. Unbelievable. But, yeah, I mean, if we it's were doing math, we wouldn't cents. do almost anything <laughs> that we stupid human beings do out there. Austin, That's that right. is a great question. You're, you're awesome. Thank you for asking that question. But the answer is don't solve a behavior-based problem with a math-based solution. Ding, ding. This is The Ramsey Show. Hey, guys. Are you ready for the secret to help you reach those money goals that you've been dreaming about? It's simple. You got to get on a budget. With our budgeting app, Every Dollar, you'll get intentional with your money and build the habits that will make those dreams a reality. And we'll be with you every step of the way, from your first budget to that retirement home on the beach. Download Every Dollar for free on the App Store or Google Play. Remember, today, download Every Dollar for free on the App Store or Google Play today. Thank you for joining us, America. Jade Washaw, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host today. I'm Dave Ramsey, your host. This is a show where we talk about your life. Oh, your life. <laughs> right in front of you. And we unpack all of it. And we're generally really nice about it. I tell you, even if we're tough, it's just because we love you. That's right. And we want you to win. Ben is with us. Ben is in Meridian, Mississippi. Hi, Ben. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hello, thanks for taking my call. Sure, what's up? So as of this time next week, we will be Baby six or baby Step 6 complete. Well, ding, ding, look at you. Baby Step 7 is what that means, right? Wait a minute, wait a minute, let me stop. <laughs> he We're tried talking. to just breeze past that. Oh, wait a minute. You finished Baby Step 6 next week, you mean Baby Step 7, you got your house paid off? We will pay it off next Tuesday or Wednesday when Mr. Schwab gets us our money. Hey. Well, come on, Mr. Schwab. Here we go, baby. Love it. Congratulations, awesome. Ben. How much is the house worth? Uh, worth hopefully about four fifty. Cool. Great. How much in your retirement accounts? Uh, about a hundred and four hundred one k, and then pulling some of these investments in a big savings account to pay it off. All right. Good for you. All right. How's that feel? Uh, palms are sweaty just thinking about it. <laughs> You're gonna love it. If you hate it, you can go get you another mortgage. But you'll be all right. No, I love you. it, man. All right. How can we help you today? So we also have other money set aside for sinking fund. Our house is 15 years old. We expect things like HVAC, water heaters, things like that to come. Is that simple savings account type money or is that investment money? I would not put that as investment money. I think the idea when you know you have things coming up and you want to do sinking funds, that's separate. Even from your you know, emergency fund, that's separate. Yeah, you can use the Every Dollar app to create a breakdown of the sinking funds. For instance, let's say you had an emergency fund, and then you had a high-yield savings account that you dump all the sinking funds into. Mm -hmm. All right, And you say the Every Dollar app will keep up with, okay, there's $10,000 in there, 4000 is for air conditioner future, um, 1000 is for Christmas, 
uh, you know, and so on to where the thousand, the $10,000, none of it is vague. It all has a name in that one high yield savings account. You can break it down the every dollar app, right? That's how that's you do right. it. Yep. You do it as funds. The only time I would think about something that's investable is if it was years and years down the line. Like maybe you have this dream of renovating a room in your house and you know it's five or six or seven years down the line, something like that. Yeah, or Ben, I'll tell you when I did it in addition to that. Okay, so I'm going to talk sinking. This is not a sinking fund. This was just extra investing. Mm-hmm. And I was what I was doing was I was saving to buy my first rental with cash after we went broke and had a house that was paid off. So I just started throwing that in an S&P 500 index mm-hmm. fund. And it would just sit there and churn until there was enough to buy a rental. And then I would throw all the rental income net of expenses and any other money I could find into an index fund That's until right. I had enough money to buy another rental. And then every time I did that, I had more rental income going into there. So it, pretty quick, those houses started buying other houses, mm-hmm. but, uh, uh, and rental property started buying other rental properties but that's the only time i did it other than that just a high yield savings for stuff like air conditioner roof replacement christmas next car uh that kind of stuff i I would just use a high yield savings separate from your emergency emergency fund fund, but you can keep it named Mm -hmm. inside of every dollar broken down yeah that's a really good differential and i think dave you and i were on the show a couple of days back and we talked about that your emergency fund like if you want to have some savings like you know uh sinking fund type stuff that is totally separate from your emergency fund. Your emergency fund is only for actual emergencies. And I would not I keep them put physically those in the separate. same. Yeah, I would not put those in the same uh, account. savings account. No, because otherwise a bass boat will turn into an emergency. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like, you know, and I, who says it's not? But it is. But, you know, it's like, of course it is. <laughs> you know, those, those, I need a larger motor. Those bass keep outrunning oh, yeah. me. Yeah, you know, that's, that's it. Right. So they're fast little critters. But um <laughs> So, yeah, that that's the thing. And, you know, I but you look down and you go, hey, the boat I was thinking about, I had $10,000 saved for I, or $25,000. Uh-huh. I really want to buy $5,000 more and reach over and pull it out of the emergency fund Ooh, without wait. even half thinking because but because it's not in the same account, it uh-huh. makes it hard to do that. It'll keep your butt from doing it. That's right. It sure will. Because my wife will amputate my hand if I reach towards <laughs> that account. I call that, uh, you know, I call that Uncle Boo Boo. Uncle boo-boo yeah that's the we all have an uncle who convinces us to make the worst possible oh, financial decisions the dumb the dumb little guy sitting on your shoulder oh yeah like the little devil on your shoulder oh, yeah. uncle boo-boo yeah he'll, mm. he'll he'll look at that money together and say oh that looks like you have enough money to go to my wedding in the caribbean <laughs> <laughs> next thing you know <laughs> this sounds like this happened jay did that really? i know look that, that, that sounds like that really happened <laughs> Just then, I sensed that you went to a Caribbean yeah. wedding at some point that you wished you hadn't. He I, will I, convince I, you. I saw that. Uncle Boo Boo. <laughs> Uncle Boo Boo is a persuasive sales guy. Mm-hmm. I didn't know him yeah. before, but I think I know he him. He sells whole life insurance. <laughs> <laughs> he only buys new cars because he, he thinks they're he, good investments. He owns a payday lender. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> what a jerk. Yeah. Uh, James is in Chesapeake, Virginia. Hi, James. How are you? I'm doing good. How about you? Better than I deserve. What's up? Yeah, so let me give you a little rundown. I'm a I'm 19 years old. I'm an electrician, and I make just over $40,000 a year. Cool. And, of course, drive a company vehicle with that as well. Very good. Um, I've had some, uh, I guess a couple people, but one in particular mentioned about credit cards. I don't have a credit card, don't intend on getting one, and I guess I should say won't get one, but... Um, 
with the credit cards, I've had somebody say that they, when they use them, they're like a fraud protection, not because you need the cash back or for the actual, because you don't have money and you've got to pay it in advance or and you don't have the money now, but you could pay it at the end of the month. What is the fraud protection or why is it, I guess, okay to use a credit card because of the fraud protection? There's a lot of, there's a lot of lies out there that have been spread about this by people who love credit cards, James. So you can look it up for yourself. It's not hard. If you pull up Visa and MasterCard's fraud protection on their website, both of them use this language, okay? You have a zero liability in the event of fraud for credit card use as fraud. Visa and MasterCard, no MasterCard product, no Visa product of any kind, credit card or debit card, allows someone to misuse your number and the bank charge you for it. So if there's online fraud, if someone steals your number, if someone steals your card and uses it, you are not liable. You have a zero liability with a debit card or a credit card with Visa. And you can look it up on their website. Mm-hmm. It's their, it has uh-huh. big old big old capital letters, zero liability policy on their agreement, their cardholder agreement. So the idea that a credit card has more fraud protection than a debit card is simply not true. It's someone that doesn't know what they're talking about. Okay. You can look I mean, it up. I, I mean, did. it's not, it's really, it just pull up zero mm-hmm. fraud protection on, on debit card. Debit, it's right there. It pops up anywhere. I mean, Google will put it right in your face. So it's not, it's not even hard to research this and find it out. But no. people hear some duber talking about, I get airline miles and I get fraud <laughs> protection and no one should ever recommend a debit card because it doesn't have fraud protection. Mm-hmm. And they heard some moron on TikTok say that. And so they believe the moron on TikTok instead of actually looking up the credit card agreement or the debit card agreement. It, it's, and it's, it's universal. In order for it to have the little MasterCard or Visa symbol on the front of it, whether it be a credit card or a debit card, mm-hmm. the, in, the issuing bank has to abide by the agreement with Visa and MasterCard and provide a zero liability in the event of fraud. There you have it. Ding, ding, done. Yeah. Yeah, it's over. I've never had a problem using a debit card. And if somebody did for, I've never, ever had a problem with them giving my money back. I've never even had it. I mean, I, I get, it gets shut down with the stupid fraud algorithms, but yeah. so are the credit cards. Yeah, at I this mean, point, yeah. They, calling, did you make this charge? Yes, I was in Mexico, <laughs> yes. okay? But, oh, my God. You know, I, like, I have to call and tell my, we have to call and notify our bank if we're leaving the country. Because yeah. they immediately assume someone stole our number, right? Yeah. So, But that's just, that's the world we live in because there's fraudsters everywhere. Uh, but, that, but either way, you're protected in the event someone actually did use it we had actually did have somebody hit my card come to think of it and the bank just put the money back instantly Mm -hmm, that's right but um they can wait two or three days but they generally don't yeah this is the ramsey show our scripture of the day proverbs 13 11 dishonest money dwindles away but whoever gathers money little by little makes it grow hmm like investing in stuff. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Bob Hope said, a bank is a place that will lend you money if you can prove that you don't need it. <laughs> <laughs> I miss people like Bob Hope. Oh, I'm so old. I love it. I love it. Wow. All right. Cody is in Montgomery, Alabama. Hi, Cody. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hello, Dave. How are you? Better than I deserve. What's up? 
So I'm a 21-year-old college kid, and I'll be graduating this May with zero debt. Way I've, to go! Uh, I've, had, I've had the honor. Well, I have to pay credit to my parents. They've really helped me out with this, and they've seen the, uh, the damage that student loans can do. Mm-hmm. Wow, wonderful. So, me and my girlfriend have been together for six years now and we're both in nursing and we're projected to graduate together in May and um, we're expecting to make 120 to 140 our first year combined. You're not combined. You're a girlfriend. Well, yeah, that's to come though. I plan on getting married before all this is over. Okay. Okay. Like before graduation? uh, Is that what you're saying? uh, Shortly after. Okay. Good for you. Okay, fun. So what a great life. My parents... Thank you. My parents are going to allow me to live at home and save all this money so I can adjust to this new job before I jump out and start making a bunch of crazy decisions. And um, my girlfriend, she doesn't really want to do that. She wants to maybe stay at home for six months. I'd like to stay home for a year and save all my money so I can have an accurate down payment on a house. And I wanted to ask you, um, should I put down larger than the 20% that you recommend? And put the excess in investments or... I'm a little bit confused. Are you getting married and the two of you moving in with your parents? No. So shortly after graduate, well, we're going to live at home separately. I mean, she lives basically right down the street from me the first year. That's my plan. Oh, so you're not getting married right after graduation? No, it'll be within that year, though. It'll be within that year. if If the point of waiting to get married is so that you can do this house and down payment. I that wouldn't no. be a reason for me. No. I don't you know what I mean? I feel like what you're trying to do is create like this perfect You've been scenario. Together six yeah. freaking years. You're gonna go live in your yeah. mother's basement to save money to be one more year before you actually marry the girl? Yeah. No, not a chance, dude. Y'all go get married, well, get you an apart get you an apartment yeah. this summer. Okay. Get married okay. in May, start life in an apartment, start piling up money. If it takes you a year or two, yeah. buy a house. You're going to be making – you're both nurses. Oh, my gosh, it's a wonderful career field. Right. You can work like you know as much as you want to work, save up money. Don't worry about a house. You can buy a house after a year, mm-hmm. buy a house after two years. I don't care. You're still going to be 25 years old, be a homeowner and be debt-free, everything but the house. I know, that's right. You'll be very smart and very married. I appreciate it. And I have one more question. Um we are, we're both, uh, we love the idea of being a travel nurse and we'd like to do that after about three years of experience. So three years after graduation, we're going to try to go all over the country and do that for about two to three years. Should I be renting or should I buy a house before I leave and try to rent it out? I, if, if I knew that I was wanting to be a travel nurse and travel all around the world, even more reason to just get an apartment and hang out there until you're ready to settle. Yeah. I wouldn't buy while you're traveling. If you're going to travel for three years, why don't you do that early? Why do you have to wait? You have to have experience to do that. Yeah. The field mm-hmm. usually requires one to two years. Some of the rules have changed with COVID, but that's still what yeah, we're Yeah. With seeing. the nursing shortage after the Fauci pandemic, that's a thing. Yeah. Right. You know. <laughs> yeah. That's real. I mean, the nurses, it was man we had some nurses coming in here we had one lady you remember that lady i don't remember if you were on the air with me or who was did a debt-free scream was a travel nurse and she made like i mean covid year oh yeah she made like 550 grand in one year she worked all the ot and they were paying like triple time Mm -hmm. because i mean wow they because you guys yeah I mean, you were the you were the hot commodity then, and you are still because there's now a shortage because so many people left over uh, uh, 
you know, vaccine requirements, mask yeah. requirements, other things. They left the industry. They got out of it. And so now right. there's a shortage. Mm-hmm. And now the hospitals have this weird thing. They forgot that they ran all their talent off. <laughs> and um, That's right. now they're, going, oh, God, we were stupid. Who knew? Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, we were requiring everyone to be vaccinated and people didn't want to do it. And so we fired them. Oh, yeah, that's us. Yeah. <laughs> and um, wow. Okay. Yeah. So I, if you can go on the road, the sooner you can go on the road and make bank, I would call that your early adventure. Yeah. The two of you get married may pass your bars and go on the road mm-hmm. and go make three or 400 between the two of you, not 120 between the two of that you. That beats mama's basement all day. <laughs> ding, ding. <laughs> you know? Got to tell you, beating mama's basement is a low bar, though. <laughs> Hey, it comes with free meals. That, that is still a low bar. <laughs> love mom. Love you, mama. Love you, mama. Not coming. All right. Mama and them. That's a Southern thing <laughs> That's right, right there. That's All right. right. Tracy is with us in Portland, Oregon. Hi, Tracy. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hey, Dave and Jade. It's so good to talk to you both. You too. What's I up? I need some. Thank you. I need some more shot Ramsey math magic, please. Let's go. We'll give it a shot. Yeah. Okay, so here's my background. Um, In April of 2022, I purchased a home in New Mexico. However, due to medical reasons, I had to return to Oregon, and I'll be staying here. So as of now, the home is with a property management business, and it's currently rented short-term. And um, so here's the numbers I have for you. I purchased it for $380,000 with $120,000 down at 4.9% in April of last year. It's currently valued, just looking online at Zillow, for 60000 less than what I paid for it already. Ooh. Ah, Zillow's not dependable. A, I know. What city are yeah, you in? I, I get it. Uh, Alamogordo, which is out in the middle of nowhere, but there is a military base nearby. Mm. I've put a, uh, 50K in upgrades, and my question is, should I sell it or leave it as a rental in hopes that it continues to be occupied or sell it at a really big loss? And it rents for two fifty. Uh, 2500 a month my mortgage is 1700 a month so with the property management fee that gives me about 550 i'm not looking to make money i just want to break even but it doesn't look like i don't know what to do yeah uh number one i, I want to get better facts so what okay. i would do is go to ramseysolutions.com and click on the ramsey trusted real estate agents the endorsed local providers have one of them go do a comparative market analysis, a CMA on it, which is basically a realtor appraisal. Mm-hmm. And let's find out what the house right. is really worth and find right. out, find out if the bloodbath you think you have is really real <laughs> because that yeah. changes everything. I mean, you're, you think you're going to lose 50,000 turns out you're going to lose 5,000. Right. It changes the discussion, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And so, yeah, 5,000, <laughs> I'm out of here. Uh, make 5,000. I'm out of here. Okay. But right. generally speaking, nationwide, houses have not dropped that much. Yeah. What do we think would have, if this is true, what do we think would have caused that other than you overpaying she overpaid. initially? She got, in, she got in the fever and overpaid. Mm-hmm. Got in the tail. Yeah, I don't know. That. I mean, maybe I did. Maybe I did. Because I sold my house here in Portland to move down there and made a killing. So, I mean, people were doing the same thing on that end. Is They were getting what mm-hmm. they could for the houses and there wasn't much of a market so i had to buy a house at the time yeah. so i didn't buy it where it was it was valued it appraised at that i had to go through the va so it appraised at that so but well, it's just the market has fallen there 
And it's, it's possible that a unique really micro market, the, the macro market nationwide has not dropped, right. but the, uh, some of the individual markets have, and some of the individual markets have increased still substantially because there's still shortage of housing. Mm-hmm. So um, it's possible that, but I, I would want to do something more than Zillow to make the decision. I'd want solid info. So yeah, Zillow, get, get a good trips. Ramsey real estate agent, a good Ramsey trusted real estate agent to go out there and walk you through this. And, and they'll tell you, you know, mm-hmm. I think if you'll hold on six months, this market will rebound based on things that are ha- happening in that local economy. I don't yeah. know. No, I definitely wouldn't listen to Zillow. <laughs> but, um, well, I mean, not as my sole arbitrator. Yeah. I mean, it might be accurate. Sometimes it is, but it's just not. It, it, they use algorithms. They're mm-hmm. not using actual CMAs. Yeah. And so not slamming zillow it's no, just a matter of the, I get it. you know it's a mass produced thing so anyway yeah, look at that and, and then decide if you can stomach the loss or not and if you want to there's not a wrong answer unless unless it's putting you in a pinch today this is the ramsey show we'll be back with you before you know it in the meantime remember there's ultimately only one way to financial peace and that's to walk daily with the prince of peace christ jesus What's up, guys? It's Jade. Look, if you like what you heard in this episode and want to know more about getting started on the Ramsey Baby Steps, go to RamseySolutions.com and click the Get Started button. We'll help you figure out the best next step for you based on your specific situation. That's RamseySolutions.com and click Get Started.